Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Temper Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Enjoy a tall, cool dude. I grew up like most kids, worried I couldn't bench two plates, that I wouldn't fit in, that I wouldn't find love. Then I discovered partying, and suddenly all those worries went to the wayside. I didn't need love. I had keg stands. I discovered I was great at raging, and it revealed wonderful things about myself. I could relate to bros, regardless of what kind of bro they were. I could be at a party and moon people and everyone would laugh, you know, be witty. Or I could play beer pong and compete with real integrity. In short, I fulfilled my potential. The Nightcap on WGR Sports Radio 550. How's everybody doing tonight? You know, some saber news today, but I'm feeling football on the brain. Looking for your calls throughout the night at 803-0550. It is the nightcap with Joe DiBiase here on WGR. I am fired up and ready to go. The draft is two weeks from tomorrow. We are almost there. I am pumped. I've never been this pumped about an NFL draft ever. Not a draft guy. Don't consider myself a draft nerd. Maybe I'm a one-time draft nerd because all I'm wanting to do is watch film on these quarterbacks and guys the Bills could be getting with the 30th pick, guys they could be moving up for. I'm listening and loving the guests we're having on the station. Ryan McChrystal today from Number Fire, all about Greg Rousseau, the Miami defensive end to the Bills at 30. All right, let's hear about this guy. Like I'm into all of that right now, and not just for the Bills. Because I don't believe that the number one thing that can happen in this draft to impact them is anything that they could do. Does that make sense? I don't think the biggest impact on the Buffalo Bills from this draft will be something they do. I think it's all about, for me right now, what is going to happen with the New England Patriots. Because if it is true the way Adam Schefter is talking, the way Daniel Jeremiah is talking, the way Chris Sims is talking. If Mac Jones is going to go third to the 49ers, I would bet on New England getting their hands on either Justin Fields or Trey Lance. And that is terrifying. It's terrifying from the sense that maybe that guy doesn't become great, but now I have got three young quarterbacks in the AFC East with some different to varying degrees, big potential to be franchise quarterbacks. 
The lucky thing is, the Bills, when the season starts, will be the only one with a sure thing for a franchise quarterback. At least as much of a sure thing as you can get. But right now, I want New England to go down into the dumps for the next couple of years and be nowhere at the quarterback position. And the more and more I hear Mac Jones is going to go third to San Francisco, the more annoyed I get by it. Because that gives New England a path to one of these guys that I believe have way higher ceilings than Mac Jones does. I think Mac Jones is going to be a good quarterback, by the way. You know, a lot of the hate for him might be undeserved. I think if Trevor Lawrence, let's say those other four quarterbacks were not in this draft. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson. Let's say that they weren't in this NFL draft. I think it's completely reasonable that Mac Jones would be the first overall pick. He's got skills. He's got an arm. He can chuck it downfield. But what he lacks is that athleticism that today's NFL quarterback, today's franchise NFL quarterback needs to possess. Because if you don't possess it, you have got to be 100% on your game at all times because you don't have an out. You've got to be Brady. You've got to be Peyton Manning. You've got to be Drew Brees. You have to be, I think, going forward to play the position that way, a Hall of Fame-level talent. Or you're going to be Kirk Cousins. You're going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. You'll be good. And if you have a great team around you, yeah, Mac Jones can win you some games. I don't see Mac Jones ever being the reason his team is winning a Super Bowl. Does that mean he can't be a very good quarterback in the league? No, because I actually think he's accurate enough, he limits his mistakes enough, and he does have enough arm talent to where he's going to be a pretty good quarterback. But I mentioned Kirk Cousins. Like, that's what I see for him. Yeah, he'll probably have a 10- to 15-year career. Not probably. You look at draft probabilities. He's not. But good chance that he's going to have a long career in the NFL. He is not going to be someone that other teams are copying down the road. Lance and Fields, they possess that extreme athleticism at the position. Lance even more than Fields. Fields has the superior arm. He's rolling out to the left at his pro day. He's making the exact throw that went viral with Josh Allen, his Wyoming pro day, three years ago. Rolling out to the left, sets his feet while moving, crossbody, launches the ball down the field, 60 yards on the money. Yes, in t-shirt and shorts. Yes, with no defense on the field. But, 60 yards through the air. Backpedaling. Right on the money. That's Justin Fields. He is way more terrifying to me than Lance is. Lance, very raw. Josh Allen. See this hype video from him the other day? You know, good points. Allen, of course, would be the one to tell Trey Lance, like, don't worry about what the haters say. Don't worry about what the analysts say. Because look at me. Look what happened. I'm great. He didn't say that. He wasn't that bold about it. But we just saw it happen with Allen. So that means, you know, it could happen with Lance. But uh, there's a lot of risk there. There is a ton of risk there. Fields, meanwhile, he's got... The arm you want, he's got the athleticism, he ran a 4-4, he's got the size you want, he is six foot three. he is, I think, 
right there with Lawrence as the best pocket passer in this class. Fields is not a runner. In fact, if you describe Fields as a running quarterback, you don't watch Justin Fields. You have not watched Justin Fields. He uses his legs to extend plays. Very Russell Wilson-esque. Russell Wilson, I might want to describe him as a mobile quarterback because he'll do some crazy things with his feet behind the line of scrimmage. But how often do you see Russell Wilson trotting down on a 50-yard run down the field? You know, he has done it. But he's not Lamar Jackson. He's not Josh Allen. He's not Kyler Murray. Wilson's not going on runs 20 times a game. And that is Fields to me. Fields is a guy that, yeah, if he needs to take off and run, he is dangerous. But this guy has all the makings of one of the best quarterbacks in football. And what I am worried about right now is that San Francisco is going to go with Mac Jones. And they are going to leave... The Bills and everyone else in the AFC is vulnerable to that guy entering the division. And New England will have as good a shot as anybody to get him. Now, what we need for that to not happen, if indeed Jones is going to go third to the 49ers, we need one of these other teams that could conceivably pass on quarterback and get away with it. Atlanta's got Matt Ryan still. Cincinnati is not doing it with Joe Burrow. Miami, they probably should do it with Tua, but they traded down from three, so odds are they're not going to do it. Detroit, they should do it. There's no noise about the Lions doing this. They would be the team you would hope. Hey, the Lions are in love with Justin Fields. That might kill the Patriots' odds at getting him. Carolina at eight, they're probably out. Now that they've got Sam Darnold. Denver at nine. Drew Locke. Not all that great in two years. They don't have anybody else really there to compete with him. Could they fall in love with Justin Fields? They should. I need Denver to be in on Justin Fields to avoid New England. Dallas is not doing it. The Giants are not doing it. Philadelphia, I guess if he fell all the way to 12, sure. But at this point, we're at at trade-up. We are at, you've got to trade-up. Justin Fields is not falling outside of the top 10. There's just no way. He's too good. Someone falls in love with him. Everybody should fall in love with him. I have fallen in love with him as a prospect. And I think he's closer to Trevor Lawrence than he is to all of these other guys. And who does New England have to leapfrog? Minnesota, don't have to worry about them. They're at 14. LA, the Chargers are at 13. Don't have to worry about them. The Eagles are at 12. Maybe Philadelphia changes course. I mean, this would be weird because they traded down from 6 to 12, but if Fields starts falling, could Philadelphia move a couple of picks up and get him? I hope so, because that would make it less likely that New England is going to do that, given that the Eagles are three spots ahead of them. Now, Denver and Detroit, or Atlanta, those are the three teams that we are looking at, and they hold... They hold the keys. They are holding down the door. They have, the the Patriots are trying to break through it to get to Justin Fields, and you've got Detroit, Denver, and, who am I missing? Atlanta. Trying to hold it up to avoid this player coming into the division. And who's going to do it? We just need one of them to do it. For Fields. To avoid Lance or Fields going to New England, 
You need two of those teams to do it. And that is why, right now, I would bet on the Patriots getting one of the two. Because I don't think two of those three teams are picking a quarterback. I think it's more likely that zero of those three teams pick a quarterback. And that has got me a little worried going into this draft. Because I don't want to see Belichick get another franchise quarterback. You know? No, if they... if they, And I'm probably making too much of this. It's not that worrisome on the short term. Because... The Patriot. What are the Patriots next year? If they f- even get Justin Fields, not even Trey Lance, they get Justin Fields. What are they? They're a team with better weapons than last year, but still, no, not that good. Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar is not a good one-two punch at wide receiver. It's not. Edelman's gone, so Nikhil Harry is your number three. He's been a giant bust so far with a capital B. The tight ends are really good. You've got that. You've got Jonu Smith, and you've got Hunter Henry. That you've got going for you. And then running back, eh, nothing to be excited about. Damian Harris is fine. Sony Michelle can't stay healthy. You don't have much to write home there. Offensive line is good, but is that enough? Is that enough for them to be a prolific offense? That kind of sounds like the 2018 Bills offense to me. Maybe it's a little better. It is better. You know, it is better. Because the tight ends, that's a major difference. Charles Clay versus Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. But it's not an environment to me where Fields comes in and he's able to set the world on fire because he's got all these guys to throw to. It's not that. But the overall point for me here is if the Bills are going to rule the AFC East for 10 years, what would make that a lot easier is if these other three teams do what the Bills, Dolphins, and Jets did while the Patriots. We're ruling up top. The Miami, the Jets, and the Bills, they just couldn't get it together. They couldn't get it together. You know, they completely missed on quarterback picks. They were always trying to beat the Patriots with defense and running the football. They were always cycling through head coaches. New England never had to worry about anybody in this division, save the Jets for like one year. They never had to worry about anybody. And... It would make the division a lot more interesting if Fields or Lance is in it, Wilson is in it, Tua is in it, and two of those three guys, if not all three, become franchise quarterbacks. That would have the makings of just a... I mean, you're going through the meat grinder for a year, or for ten years. You are... It, it's a it's a fight. It's a constant battle for 10 years if those quarterback picks land and they hit. So, interesting, yes. Good for the Bills? Absolutely not. You want these other three teams to be nowhere so that all you have to focus on is Kansas City. And who else would be at the top? Baltimore. And Cleveland, I guess. You know, those are the teams that you want to be thinking about. Those are the teams you want to be worrying about. Can we elevate ourselves to Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs? Not, ooh, who's going to win the division this year? Yeah, the Bills are the favorite, but we got three other great quarterbacks in this division. And New England can get there. It's in the window for them. 
and they're close. And I think they're going to pull it off. I think the way it's headed, they're going to pull it off. The one thing that can really derail that is the 49ers showing up to Cleveland, Ohio for the NFL draft on April 29th. And after everybody for over a month has been saying it's going to be Mac Jones, they hand that card to Roger Goodell, and Roger Goodell spits out the name Justin Fields or spits out the name Trey Lance. That changes it all. Because in that situation, which I still deep down want to believe is what is going to happen. I can't, I, something is holding me back. Not something, logic is holding me back from thinking that the Niners are going to spend three first round picks to move up to three and draft Mac Jones. There is just no way that's actually going to happen. Michael McCorkle Jones at three to San Francisco? Come on. Not just for the Bills' sake, and not just for me not wanting Justin Fields in this division, but come on. You can't do, you can't draft Mac Jones, especially after you shouldn't make your decision on this. But it's just funny that at his pro day, he misses the exact pass, the exact pass that Jimmy Garoppolo missed in the Super Bowl two years ago. Emmanuel Sanders opened down the field. Garoppolo just got to hit, just got to let him run under it. And the Niners could have won, it might have won the Super Bowl with that play. And he overthrew him. Mac Jones at his pro day, same route, same play, no pressure because there's no defense, no one covering the receiver, same route, same result. Five yards over his head. They're going to draft Michael McCorkle Jones. It changes everything if they don't. And that's what I hope happens. Because if they don't draft Mac Jones and they go with Fields or Lance, well then, what am I back to? I'm back to Jones at New England. And I'm not so worried. He's good. He's respectable. He's a better idea than Cam Newton by a lot. But I'm not afraid of Mac Jones in this division. And I'm afraid of Justin Fields in this division. 8030550 is the phone number. What's your worry level with New England? I guess it does depend on whether you believe San Francisco. I'm 50-50. Schefter says it. I respect that. All the other insiders are saying it. You can respect that. But Kyle Shanahan, hopefully he's just playing games. 8030550 is the phone number. Give me your calls here on the nightcap. I've got over-under win totals for all NFL teams heading into 2021. And I will, and it's 17 games, so you're going to have to change your mindset on what these numbers mean. So we'll go through some of those when we come back, including where the Bills total is. The Bills will win over-under blank amount of games. I'll tell you what that number is in a 17-game schedule when we return and more on New England here on the Nightcap with Joe DiBiase. This is WGR. When you look at Justin Fields, he's the type of player that I think that he can process the field well like Josh Allen had moments where he could do that early in his career and had to build on that and take away some of the hero ball that he used to try and that they minimize that with these types, with this system and his maturation process. And the same thing has to go with Justin Fields at times where I think for him, 
he can hang on to a read a little bit too long. There's four to five reads a game that with every quarterback they have to take advantage of where the defense pins them in the corner and they got to play their way out. Matt Waldman from Rookie Scouting Portfolio on with Howard and Jeremy this morning. 803-0550 is the phone number. I got some win totals coming your way in just a matter of moments, including for the Bills and the rest of the AFC East. Um, spent the first segment on the odds of the New England Patriots getting their hands on Justin Fields or Trey Lance at the uh, NFL draft, whether they have to trade up from 15, which I would imagine they would probably have to do. Someone would jump them. You know, if they, I, they'll have the opportunity, I think to move up to eight or nine or seven even and get their hands on one of those guys, but they'll have to do that because if they wait around and hope someone's going to slide to them at 15, Washington or Chicago is going to make their move. Washington's at 19, Chicago's at 20. It sounds like Washington is desperate to get Trey Lance. So they might outbid New England anyway, even though they're coming from four picks behind. So they'll have to move, but, the point is, the opportunity is there for them. And the player they don't currently have is a potential franchise quarterback. They are nowhere at that position. And if they get one of those two players, everything changes for New England and the future. 803-0550 is the phone number. Let's go to a couple of calls. Butch, you're first up. What's up, Butch? Hey, thanks so much for taking my call. Excellent show as usual. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Say something to you just to keep it at ease. I respect anything that any other NFL team in the AFC East did. One thing I know about this team, over the decades since the Super Bowl year, we struggled. We built through the draft. We've had head coaches. we had general managers that we got let go. But the regime that we have at one Bills drive, is they stripped all the shelves down. They went grocery shopping. They built the shelves up. We have enough food. And guess what? We have gourmet meals now. <laughs> last year, last season showed you what type of meal we could put on the table. So any quarterback, whether it's New England, whether it's the Jets, whether it's Miami, it doesn't make a difference to us. Because right now, the guy we got behind center, number 17, eventually, eventually will be a Hall of Fame quarterback like Kelly. So the, the Brandon Dean, Sean McDermott, uh, Mr. and Mr. and Mrs. Pagula, any other scouts, they're always going to make us quality. So the competition level is going to be like I was saying before. It's like the NFC East back in the days when the Cowboys, Redskins, and the Eagles always had, and the Giants always had good teams, competition. I like the competition. I understand how you feel, though. I'm like you. I can't stand New England. I want them to suffer like we did for so many years. I agree with you. I concur <laughs> with you on that. But I just want you I want everybody to understand something. Bring anybody you want to anybody else's team in AFC East. And I promise you, our competition is going to rise, but the Bills is going to rise to the competition. And that's all I have to say. I respect you. I appreciate you taking my yeah. call. Continue doing the all-star job that you do. And I'm always going to be a quality listener for all like I've been for decades. But I love you, man. You take care. And thank you so much for my call. Butch, thanks for the call, man. Appreciate you as always. I um, I get it. You know, the, the Bills nailed the pick, and that is what is most important. You know, I get that. I will always argue for the other side, though. The other side is 
There will be, if, if Allen's great for 15 years, but Zach Wilson's great, and Fields is great with New England, and even Tua is really good, then there will be years where, because you've got to go through that gauntlet, that's six games of AFC East opponents, and you lose a couple more than you generally would because maybe they didn't have everything together. Well, that could be the difference between having to play the Chiefs on the road in the second round some year. That could mean playing away in playoff games. That could mean missing the playoffs if your division is that good once or twice every five years. And those are lost opportunities to get a Super Bowl. If the ultimate goal is to get a Super Bowl, and we believe that what this team has constructed is going to give them a chance to do that for up to 10 years, well, I don't want to give away any of those chances because if those quarterbacks are great, you're giving away one or two at least. That's just how it is. That happened in the AFC North. Look at the AFC North in the last decade, last 15 years. The Steelers had a Hall of Fame quarterback. But guess what? There were years where they would have to play on the road in the first round. There were years they even missed the playoffs. And a lot of what contributed to that was the Ravens were always dynamite. And the Bengals were always really good. You had two teams in your division that for a long time were consistently great. The Bengals to a lesser extent, obviously. But still, they were annoying. I'm sure. And it... There's no, you can't tell me that New England's 20-year dynasty wasn't at least helped. It wasn't pushed along a little bit by the fact that no one in this division ever challenged them. And also, of course, yeah, some of it is, I just want to see them suffer. You know, I watched that Bruins game last night and just, ugh, the Bruins, just the worst. Hate, just, ah, I can't stand Boston sports. They win enough, you know? Suffer a little bit. Have to go through a couple of failed draft picks. Maybe that'll happen. Maybe Fields won't be that good. I think that's crazy. I think he's going to be awesome. Lance, more likely. Maybe, yeah. How about that? Even if it's Lance. Come on. Let him let him bust. And then they've got to do it all over again. And then they got to do it all over again. And, oh, they're on to a new coach because Belichick's old. And, up oh, they're just stuck in this cycle the Bills were stuck in and the, Patri- and the Dolphins and Jets were stuck in. Like, they deserve to have that happen to them. Especially with this Edelman Hall of Fame nonsense this week. I mean, oh, my gosh, just get over yourselves. He had 6,000 career receiving yards. <laughs> Hall of Fame? Heinz Ward had double that. And he doesn't sniff the Hall of Fame. Oh, they're just the worst. The worst. Got win totals coming up in just a second. Let's take one more call, though, first. Let's go to Buzz and Buffalo. Buzz, you're on the nightcap. What's up, man? Hey, Joe. How you doing tonight? Good. How are you? I'm good. Just got done mowing the lawn for the first time this year. Oh, yeah. Oh, got, that, got that out of the way. Yeah, I heard you were talking about win totals, and it's kind of coincidental. I, uh, I just went to my local casino here in Buffalo yesterday, and uh, I laid 118 to win 100 on the Bills over 10 and a half. And uh, I just, you know, as long as number 17 stays healthy, I just don't see how they don't win 11 games. You know, you got the extra game, obviously. And you have that extra home game, too. You got nine home dates. 
And I think you also catch a break in the scheduling a little bit. Let's take, for example, we don't have to play Cleveland. We play Pittsburgh. I'd much rather have Pittsburgh than Cleveland. You know, so what, the Dolphins, I think, have to play Cleveland, you know, uh, mm-hmm. second-place schedule. Yep. So, um, I mean, I just really like what the front office has done, obviously, you know, and I think they're loaded, and I think they're deep, and I think the draft is still yet to come. And I think the Bills are one of the few teams in the AFC that uh, actually in the league that can, can can sustain some injuries, just not a quarterback. So let's let's keep uh, let's keep Allen upright and healthy. And yeah. uh, and by the way, and we're going to have seventy thousand people on the stands too. So I'm looking forward to a great year. I appreciate the show, and let's go Bills, baby. Thanks for the call, Buzz. I'll actually challenge you a little bit on the quarterback part of that, though. Obviously, without Allen, the Bills are not a Super Bowl contender. Don't get me wrong. But I made this case when, actually, before they signed Mitch Trubisky. I was campaigning for them to sign Trubisky a month before they did it. Why? Because I think with Mitch Trubisky under center, if they had to for a four- or five-week period because of an Allen injury, I still think they're a winning football team. They're not a Super Bowl contender, but it would depend on opponents, obviously. But if you told me sitting here today Allen misses five games of this season, I would bet on Trubisky coming away three and two with what's around him, a good defense, and as good a crop of weapons you can get when it also, uh, when you also factor in the scheme and the offensive coordinator and the line. Everything is easy for the quarterback in this offense, and I think the Bills would be a winning, a winning team. So their over-under win total, DraftKings Sportsbook, released – they're opening win totals now that we are officially at a 17-game schedule. And because it's a 17-game schedule, these will be you have to think of these a little bit different than you have in the past. The Bills over-under is 10.5. 10.5. For comparison, the other teams in the AFC East, New England and Miami are at 9. The Jets are at 6.5. I would hammer the over for the Bills. They have one of the easier schedules in football this season. They are going to be going up against, you know, I'll make the case that the AFC East can get very daunting in the coming years if Trey Lance or Justin Fields is a New England Patriot and Zach Wilson's a Jet, and they're both really good. But they will be rookie quarterbacks this season. And Sean McDermott does pretty well against rookie quarterbacks. So for this year, it's an advantage. So the division, not too hard this year. The easy schedule. And I, I just don't really think anybody can score with them other than Kansas City. So 11-6 and six is what you need to get to here? Yeah, sign me up. I'm in on the Bills over for this season. New England and Miami at 9. I don't know where I'm at on New England because obviously I want to see what happens with them at quarterback. Miami... I would take the over. I think Miami last year was fluky. But they have taken some massive steps in the last couple of years. I think Brian Flores is an excellent head coach. Their defense is very strong, even though they were a little bit lucky with turnovers last season. We saw that with the Bills. 2017, the Bills were actually a fluky good offense. Similarly, because a lot of turnovers that was just unsustainable. But... If you looked a little deeper and saw into who the Bills had, Tredavious White on the way up, Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde were not going anywhere. 
Matt Milano became a really good linebacker. Like, you could look at the Bills' defense and think, yeah, okay, they might have been a little lucky, but this is still going to be a really good defense. That's what I see for Miami. Miami got lucky, but they've got great pieces on that side of the football. So I think their defense is really good. The quarterback is going to hold them back, and that's why this is a good line for them at 9. I'm going to take the over because, like the Bills, they have an easier schedule. Um, and I think all that's around Tua is pretty stellar depending on what they do in the draft. But I'm saying that with the expectation that the Dolphins will find their way to Jamar Chase at 6, the top receiver in the draft class, or Kyle Pitts, who many are actually calling the best receiver in the draft class, and he's certainly the best tight end in the class. And then they pick again at 19. Maybe that's Travis Etienne, maybe that's Najee Harris. I think the Dolphins are going to bring in a couple of really strong offensive weapons that are going to make them much more dynamic on the off- offensive side of the football. And once they have that, they've really got everything other than quarterback right. And that could happen. I don't think it's going to with Tua, but it could. But the one thing about Tua is the floor is high. We just saw it last year. You know, they're a winning team with him at quarterback. He doesn't have to do a lot. Very Alex Smithy last season. So it's not like he's just going to fall off the cliff next year and start throwing picks around. So I like Miami on the over. I would go New England under, although, again, I want to see what they do at quarterback. The Jets at 6.5, I'll take the under. I love Zach Wilson. I think he's going to be – I think there's a great chance that he's almost as good as Josh Allen, if not as good as Josh Allen. But as a rookie, with Corey Davis as your number one wide receiver, I am not buying into that. Other over-unders in the conference, if you're wondering, the Colts, 10. Uh, The Chargers at 9. Watch out for them. They could they could explode this year. Just be Justin Herbert, right? I mean, they have one of the best court, young quarterbacks in football. At some point, they're going to command some respect. They got to do it first. But uh, the Chargers are nine. The Browns are nine and a half. I thought that was low for them. Um, who else? There was another one I wanted to mention here. Well, obviously the the Chiefs are at twelve. That's the highest in the league. No surprise there. Um. There was one more. The Ravens at 11. That's what I wanted to bring up. The Ravens are 11. That is the highest in the AFC North. The Browns, I mentioned, are 9.5. The Steelers are 8.5. The Ravens have a higher win total than the Bills. I can't get there. I I would take the under on the Ravens at 11. There is no commitment to throwing the football more. And we saw it against the Bills. They needed to pass it. They needed to start throwing it around. And they were incapable of doing it. And until they're able to do that, I'm always going to believe that they're limited. So that was the other one I want to throw out there is Baltimore at 11. All right, we'll take a timeout here. Any last calls on the on the nightcap? 803-0550. I'm going to change gears to hockey a little bit to close out the show, though, coming up next here with Joe DiBiase on the nightcap on WGR. Yeah, it's tough. It's, it's always tough missing time. No one wants to go through... You know, stretch like this watching games, so just hope he recovers and you know, comes back better front. That is Samson Reinhardt. I don't know why. I've been using full names tonight for all these these guys. McCorkle Jones. I don't know if you knew that. It's the best middle name in the NFL draft since Josh Ballinger Lippincott Rosen. Didn't make that up, and I did not make McCorkle up. Mac is short for McCorkle. That was Sam Reinhardt. 
by the way. Uh, Eichel, out for the season. Not much of a surprise. A neck injury is tricky. Uh, the way this season has gone, there's really nothing left to play for for Eichel. And why rush it back? And he probably wasn't even able to rush it back because of that neck injury. So, not a surprise there. It does give the Sabres more chances to look at Sam Reinhardt at center, Casey Middlestad at center. And those two, you know, it'll depend on Eichel. Everything changes if Eichel wants to be traded and it happens. But for this conversation, let's presume that he'll be back. Eichel's your first-line center. Cousins is going to be your second- or third-line center. And then the other position is really up to Middlestat or Reinhardt. Who goes back to the wing and who continues on as the centerman? Now, if you made me pick between the two, given their play this season, I think even though Middlestat has been easily the Sabres' comeback player of the year, he's done it at both the wing and at the center position. And that's not to say that Reinhardt's, in my mind, better at one than the other either. I think he is as good as a centerman as he is as a winger. The numbers back that up. I think at the beginning of his career, when he first played center as a 19-year-old, he just couldn't carry the puck. He couldn't be the guy that would take it through the neutral zone and get you set up in the offensive zone by carrying it in. But now, he is that player. He is crafty enough. He's never going to be able to do it with his speed. But he is crafty enough. He's a good enough stick handler. He knows where to go with space. He is very good at putting the puck where only his man can get it, even if it is in an open space, knowing his guy gets there first. He's very smart. He is a good zone entryman. He is not good on face-offs, but I'm not one that really believes that, that matters all that much anyway. If it did matter all that much, then he wouldn't be a positive possession player on when he's been at center, which he is. So... I would keep Reinhardt there and put Middlestat somewhere in the middle six on the wing. He played great at it earlier in the year, and I loved him at center too. He's just had a, a darn right, he just had a, a great year all around. And then there's one other factor, and it is what happens with the Seattle expansion draft. And let's assume the Sabres, they, 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 they might, but let's assume they don't give the Kraken some draft pick to take a certain player. Let's say they just go into it, they protect their guys, and Seattle picks whoever the best available is. If the Sabres go seven forwards, three defensemen, one goaltender, we don't have to worry about middle stat. But what you'll then have to worry about is, okay, who am I letting walk? Rasmus Ristolainen, if I haven't traded him by then, which is crazy to me if he's not traded by then, or Will Borgen. Assuming Yoki Haru and Darlene will be protected as the other two, I would assume that. Do you protect Ristolainen? You protect Borgen. Borgen's just arrived here. He might have a future with this team. Ristolainen is gone in 15 months. So, you might have to make that decision on the blue line. If the Sabres really want to bring Ristolainen back, they could go with eight skaters and just protect four forwards and four defensemen. That way, you would be able to hang on to Ristolainen. You would be able to hang on to Will Borgen. But then, that's when Middlestat becomes the odd man out up front. Eichel will be protected. Skinner has to be protected. Reinhardt and Olafson. I think you could make you could make a case. I might even want to be the, I might be want to be the guy that makes it. You can make a case 
that Middlestad should be protected over Olsen. But then I'm letting Olsen walk for nothing. Or I'm letting Middlestad go for nothing. Anyways, they have a decision to make. And hopefully, after Middlestad finally has a good NHL season, they're not just going to lose him for nothing in the name of Rasmus Ristolainen. Um, or even Will Borgen, for that matter. So, I hope that they protect him. But, that is something to think about. Because, you know, it's not impossible that that could happen. All right, well, that is going to do it for me on today's show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We've got a game tomorrow night between the Sabres and the Capitals, meaning I will join you next on Friday night at 7 o'clock. I will lead you into the weekend um, after tomorrow night's game. So until then, enjoy your night, enjoy the game tomorrow, and I will talk to you on Friday here on the Nightcap on WGR. WGR.